0: Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the 100th episode of Cherry Picking with my man, Andre Cherry. Glad to be on. My name is Herb Lawrence. Producer at the score at 670, a big time I fan, and you're listening to Cherry Picking. Hey
1: everyone, thank you for downloading another episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and that voice you just heard was my good friend, Herb Lawrence. And as he said, this is 100. This is the 100th episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast, and I couldn't be more happy, more grateful, more gracious that you have decided to download this episode. And if you've been a loyal listener from day one, I appreciate you for following me along this journey. We are now into season three. And while we don't have any sports to speak of right now in terms of the pro or the major sports, most specifically college football, I do want to thank you for listening into to my podcast, for following me this whole time on Twitter. You can find me at Cherry underscore pickin, And thank you for being a friend. And thank you for being a listener. I'm, I'm so excited that this is episode 100. We've come a long way from the beginning and we are now here. We started from the bottom and we are here and we are still climbing. And so I'm excited for football at some point. Can't really put my finger on when we will have the return of college athletics. But there's been some progress made with a lot of uh, universities uh, within the NCAA. Protocols have been Uh, Released to the public in terms of what uh, we can expect from college football players and athletes returning back to campus this summer for a potential fall season, I'll get into that on this podcast. You know, I personally don't feel like we will have sports this fall, and I just I want to talk to you about that because I'm conflicted. You know, this is a college football podcast. I usually do my college football predictions around this time. And I can tell you, honestly, I have not even considered putting together any sort of preseason predictions or preseason analysis. Because I really don't believe we will have college football. I truly do not feel like we will have college football this fall. It could be a possibility maybe in the spring. But I personally believe that's an unwise decision to put these student athletes in harm's way just to play college football. I think it's problematic to have these students go back right now when we don't really have this virus under control. I think this past weekend I heard that COVID is surging in like 23 states or something like that, something crazy like that, many of which are in the South. I think I saw something that Florida, was it Florida had like 4,000 new cases on Saturday. And that's crazy because that's, I think a single day high for Florida at the time, 4,000 cases. We've been in this COVID pandemic for the last three plus months. And the fact that we're seeing cases surge in some places, I mean, we're still technically in phase one. And I do that with air quotes, a lot of people are worried about a potential reemergence of this pandemic in the in the fall and maybe the, the winter, but we're still in phase one. We are still in the thick of this. And so the fact that we are still battling COVID, I just don't feel comfortable that we will have college football. I've seen a lot of accounts on Twitter have countdowns until the day before college football returns. I see some folks putting together preseason predictions and analysis, which is cool, you know, that's what we do. I, I typically do that as well. But I'm trying to read the room here. Like, we don't have COVID. We don't have this pandemic under control. We don't have it under wraps, not by a long shot. It's, it's not even close. And so I understand people are going to get COVID. They're going to spread it. But we're still working to try to limit that spread. I've still been quarantined inside. This is episode 100. Which also coincides with day one hundred that I've been in lockdown in Philadelphia. Like we take it, we take this very seriously on the East Coast. I can tell you, for the most part, in Philly, I've seen people really adhere to the guidelines uh, by medical and professionals um, who are healthcare professionals who monitor this pandemic. We are in day one hundred of this, and you expect for me to believe that we are going to just magically have college football in a couple months i know a lot of campuses are letting players return back to school to work out we've seen schools shut down i think was it kansas state had to shut down just as fast as they had opened their doors to have athletes return back to campus to work out they shut down lsu clemson have seen players get infected by this virus but i think in the case of clemson they had like 23 players who tested positive for covid and while that's going to happen i i haven't heard anything from campuses to make me believe that they know what they're going to do with these players so are they going to be insulated are they going to be in some sort of a bubble this college football season are they allowed to see their family members like i'm trying to understand how these players will be able to interact with the public and just go about their everyday lives Because these are student-athletes, mind you. These aren't professional athletes. These guys are student-athletes. And so they have an expectation that they'll be going to class still, right? Can they interact with the other students? Can they interact with the professors? Like, if we expect to have college football, there has to be the realization that these players are going to have to be in a bubble. And that they're going to have to be on their own. They're going to have to be quarantined to themselves. Because if you look at some of the proposed plans for MLB and the NBA, they plan to be on their own little island, so to speak. With the NBA, I think the latest proposal I saw was that these players are going to be at Disney World, at the Wide World of Sports Complex. They're going to stay in different resorts on that property. They're going to be contained to just themselves. They can do things as a team. I I don't believe I saw anything where they can interact with their family or general public. But these dudes are literally going to be on their own as a team in their own resort. They're going to be able to, you know, do the rides and maybe see movies. I think I saw that, you know, all movies are open for the NBA players to enjoy even movies that haven't been released yet by Marvel or Disney. So they literally are taking a model where they are going to be self-contained to themselves, which does not sound fun to me at all. MLB, I'm sure, was going to take a similar stance. I saw like five different proposals from the MLB that they'd either be at their spring training sites or that they would be in Arizona, but they would essentially be on their own island. They would be with the team and that's it. So you're telling me that the MLB and the NBA, they're going to do all those things as professional athletes. We expect that the college students who are not professional athletes They're amateur athletes. We expect them to adhere to the same guidelines or will they have different guidelines? Because, you know, their their lives shouldn't truly be dedicated to just sport. If they are student athletes, there is an expectation that they're also in class, that they're also learning. Because these guys aren't getting paid to play football. And so you hear you hear a lot of people come out with strong opinions about, you know, what they shouldn't get paid and that you know, they need to continue going to school. And, you know, we've heard that argument before that maybe college football players should just go to school to play football. Like, that should be their jobs. But we've heard people ring out and call out against that, that they should be going to school, that they should be student athletes. Every sense of the word, they should be student athletes. Well, if that's the case, then what are you going to do to make sure that these players are still learning while also playing football? Are they going to just learn in their own little bubble so that they're not technically with the other student population. They are just with, with their own football players, their own team, and they have their own tutors and their own teachers that come to them and, and teach them the lessons while also playing football. Like, I, I haven't seen what the the plan is yet. And I know people are going to say, well, it's only June. It's still, you still got a few months before the season officially kicks off, they have time to think this out. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. They should have already thought this out. If, if you were already going to go down this path that college football is going to return this fall, I would have need to have seen and heard more of the plans by now for me to, to feel comfortable enough that we will have college football. If I was a student, if I was just a regular general student, I, I don't know that I would feel comfortable going back to school right now amid the COVID pandemic. And... In my own backyard, we got Temple a few blocks away from my house. And so they recently released their plan for having students and athletes return back to campus. And I'll read you a little bit of what they have proposed. So in a press release that came out on June 2nd, the update on plans for the fall from Temple University is as follows. The use of face coverings. Everyone must wear face coverings in buildings and we encourage their use everywhere on campus. I know many of you already have face masks and we will have face masks available for those who don't and for those visiting campus. Frequent hand washing. In addition uh, to encouraging our community members to wash their hands frequently, we will soon install hand sanitizer stations throughout our campuses along with reminders to avoid touching your face after touching surfaces. Maintaining a safe space between you and others, You are no doubt aware of the need for social distancing. We will have reminders on floors and walls of campus buildings asking you to stay apart while we are together. Classroom and other spaces will have similar distancing requirements, monitoring your own health on a daily basis, taking your temperature, watching for other symptoms, and if warranted, seeking help through your primary care physician or student and employee health services are important for you and everyone on campus. Uh, they will have a phased approach to reopening over the next few months. Each phase will allow additional people on campus in strictly regulated fashion. As a part of this effort, new protocols for keeping our buildings clean and employees safe are put into place. Taking these small steps allows for us to assess our protocols and ensure that they produce the best possible results. So the Temple's currently in phase one. And so they have medical staff that's been on campus throughout this period. They are slowly adding teams of construction and facility workers who are making changes to Temple's buildings. The second phase, starting this month, will see an increase in research activities at select locations in our campus. The third phase starts today, on June 23rd, which is the beginning of the Summer 2 session. Almost all classes will be online for Summer 2. However, Temple will hold a small number of classes on campus. Phase 4 will begin on August 1st as students move into the neighborhood, so student athletes actually returned back to Temple uh, yesterday on June twenty second for voluntary workouts, and I put that in air quotes. We are excited to welcome back our student athletes to campus," said Director of Athletics Dr. Patrick Kraft, who will soon be leaving for the job at BC. Anyways, as we developed our plans for a return to participation, we made the health, safety, and well being of our student athletes and staff the top priority. So let me just uh, tell you what their plan is. So. As the first group of student-athletes return to activity, the following protocols will be in place. Proactive education on COVID-19, best practices for all student-athletes and staff. All social distancing guidelines will be taken into consideration and followed. An initial screening process for each student-athlete prior to beginning voluntary activities that include COVID-19 testing. Daily student-athlete and staff screening prior to entering a facility, as well as the utilization of the app Healthy Roster for health monitoring providing personal protective equipment for medical staff and setting rules for when masks must be worn by student athletes and athletic staff, establishment of a single entry and exit procedures, and the minimization of facility use by relocating strength and conditioning facilities outside. Tents will be set up at Edberg Olson football complex to provide cover for strength and conditioning equipment, as well as medical and athletic training needs. Air circulating fans will be in place inside the tents adherence to state health guidelines with groups of no more than 25 working out during the Pennsylvania's yellow phase in this phase return to participation. More student athletes will return in early July for voluntary workouts, undergoing the same protocols with the anticipation of a full return for all temple fall sports this, this fall. So that's the plan from temple. I know a lot of other universities probably have similar uh, protocols in place during this period. But I still haven't heard what's the plan for athletics. And so while there's low risk for these student athletes, and I say that because that's the perception, that there is low risk. These are athletes, you know, they are in peak physical condition. They're they're young. I don't believe that that is healthy. I don't believe that's the right line of thinking when it comes to this pandemic. Because honestly, I don't think we truly know everything that is a part of this virus like i i don't i just haven't seen that information come across yet that we have a firm handle on this virus and so if you believe that student athletes will be okay because they're young and healthy that's that's one thing but the problem is they are carriers for this virus they could get this virus and they could spread it to family members, they could spread it to the general public, they could spread it across the campus. And not everyone is healthy. Not everyone is fortunate enough to not have underlying health conditions. And we see what will happen with that. You know, we've seen people have to go to the hospital for weeks on end, have to be on ventilators, and in in worst case scenarios, they die. So right now, in terms of COVID deaths, we are at 122,000 deaths. There are 2.32 million confirmed cases, 722,000 have recovered. And so we are seeing some surges right now in Illinois, 658 new cases. In Texas, over 3,800 new cases. Florida, 3,400 cases today. Pennsylvania is seeing a little under 500 new cases. Maryland, 350 cases. Georgia, 892. North Carolina is seeing 1,400 new cases today. Arizona is at over 2,500, close to 2,600 new cases. I mean, we're seeing a surge right now in some spots, in some spots in the South specifically. And so I just don't understand how we expect to have college football come back this fall. We haven't addressed what the plan will be. So if these players are going to be on their own island, secluded, and... We're just going to have them spread the virus amongst themselves. I mean, what about the football staffs? What about people around the program? I mean, this is a serious, serious problem that I feel like some folks aren't taking seriously enough. And I I wish the response would have been in the beginning that, all right, we're in this pandemic. Things aren't looking good for sports in the immediate future, but we're going to set the return of, of professional and college athletics for the spring, or whatever the case may be. I mean, I don't know what that date is, but I think by opening up the possibility that we will have sports sooner than later, I think in some people's minds, they are dead set on the return of college football this fall. And I don't think that that's healthy. I don't think that that's helpful. And I said it before on previous podcasts. There should not be a rush to have college football come back before we have a good a good handling of this virus. And whether that means we have to wait for the vaccine to be produced and is safe for distribution to the masses, I just think it's not helpful. I don't think it's smart to have college football this fall. That's my personal opinion. I'm sure other people may have different thoughts on that, but I haven't heard anything yet to make me feel like we have this under control. And to be honest, these kids probably need a union. They probably need to be in some sort of union. They need some sort of third party Watching out for their interests. Because these programs, these universities aren't doing that. I understand in the South specifically, college football is a big boost to the economy. Like they need college athletics for their economy. And I'm, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be college football in vain. I'm just saying that lives are more important than jobs. Lives are more important than earning a living. Like I, I want my neighbor to be safe, I want them to be healthy. And so while it is uh, a shock to the economy to not have college football, and it will be a shock to a lot of these universities who use football to fund other athletics and use that money from football that football generates to fund other programs on campus, I, I understand that it will be, it will hurt college's bottom lines. Like I understand that it's gonna hurt. But I don't think that that's worth the risk of people getting sick, people getting hospitalized, people dying. College football, in the grand scheme of things, is not that important. It's just a sport. It's just a sport. And I'm I'm saying this. Someone who loves college football. Someone who grew up wishing he could play college football. Who's played football in his early childhood. I grew up playing the game. I played travel ball. Always wanted to play college football. I'm saying this as a football fan. That it's not worth it. It is not worth it to have these young men get sick, these young, and have this virus spread to these athletes, most of whom are black, and and black people are having worse outcomes that we've seen because of underlying conditions. So it's like, how can you how can you support the movement right now, and then also want to have football come back right away? I just I don't think that it's being very. Uh, Being very genuine to say that you are, you know, you follow the movement, that you're down for the movement, but then you want to have college football. It just doesn't seem right to me because this virus is affecting our community a whole heck of a lot worse than any other subgroup in this country. And so somebody needs to be watching out for the best interests of these young men and of these other student athletes that are out there in other sports, but most specifically in football. I think if there's a rush to come back too soon, we risk people getting sick. And so I'm really, really anxious to see what the game plan is. Are we still going to have college football? I personally don't think that there's any way we can have college football right now. And so I saw a D3 Bowden College a Division three school in Brunswick, Maine that plays football announces it will not have any fall or winter sports during fall semester and is hopeful it will have some sports in some form in spring semester. So we've already seen a D3 school come out and say that they're not going to play football this fall or winter. We've seen some D1 programs push, push the, the start date out for some of their opening round games of the season. So I'm real curious to see what will happen this season. For this fall because I think we're planning to have college football come back but I, I honestly don't believe that we will. If I had to put a probability on it it's probably 20% in my personal opinion and if we do have college football I'll probably do my rankings each week but until I know definitively if there's going to be fo- football this fall I'm not going to, I can't invest the time into doing these predictions and into doing these uh, doing the analysis for it. Because it it is time-consuming. It takes takes me time and effort to put that stuff together. And at this point, I don't even know that we will have a a true season. So why am I going to do that right now before I know without a doubt that college football is coming back? And I think the people that put preseason polls together and put preseason countdowns together, that's cool. I mean, do what you need to do to make yourself feel good. But I'm not trying to just ignore... The current situation. I'm trying to read the room here, and so I, from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing, I don't think anyone truly knows if there's going to be college football. So I'm not. I can't put that effort together for something that's not may not even exist. There's players that could get sick, that you know, it could be key potential um, impact players for certain teams. If they get sick, like, what does that mean? Will they have to sit out? during the incubation period, like, will they be able to come back full strength? Will they still be a carrier for the the virus? Like, I just, there's so many questions around this that I, I can't put together a, a preseason prediction or analysis that makes me feel without a doubt, you know, 100% confident that what I predict to happen this season will remain intact because I don't know what the landscape will look like. I'm hearing things like there may be Uh, Just a a regular conference schedule. So doing away with the non-conference and just keeping it to like 10 games in conference. I've heard that proposal. Hell, a few podcasts ago I even proposed why not just do an in-state conference. So like every state plays teams within their own state as opposed to traveling outside of the, the state and risk potentially getting the virus, being exposed to it, and then bringing it back to pennsylvania or you know whatever the case may be i had fun with it because it was just uh it was just something uh something fun to think about because mlb was thinking about potentially coming back at the spring training sites and so i thought that model maybe could work for college football which was it was just something fun but i still haven't seen what the game plan will be moving forward and i i really want to know i really do want to know do you all think that we will have college football this fall, or any sports, in 2020, for that matter? I just, I just hope that these universities and the NCAA has the best interests of the student athletes in mind when they put together these proposals to have athletes come back to resume uh, training in anticipation for the upcoming fall season. I could be wrong. Maybe the NCAA is not going to have fall sports, but it seems like they're laying the foundation for there to be a return to action. And I'm just really troubled by the fact that we don't really have a good game plan or a game, a good handle for how to live amid a pandemic. Face masks are one thing, gloves are one thing, sanitizing constantly and washing your hands. You know, those are all very helpful um, things that you can do to limit the spread. But we know people are going to get it. We've already seen players at LSU, players at Clemson, players at Kansas State, they're contracting this virus. And while it's not naive to think that, um, and while it would be naive to think that they aren't going to get it, that they're immune from it, we, we know that's not the case. Like We know this virus is spreading like crazy in some in some states right now. So the chances of them getting this virus are high. You know they have a good likelihood of getting this, especially considering the fact that they're working out, that they're exhaling uh, when they you know breathe and exhale after each rep, that they're you know spitting out these particles, and you know there's a high probability that these players are going to get sick just from the sheer nature of the workouts and the fact that they're going to be close together. And so we've seen it happen. And so, I just don't know what the plan is for them to think that they're going to have college football and do it in a safe manner. Because even referees, they come into contact with contact with these players. So like you've got these men that are grown men, they're going to be out there running around with these kids. If they get exposed to it, what happens if they get sick? You know, it's just there's so many moving parts here that. I just don't see how it's possible to feel confident that we'll have college football come back. So that's my opinion and that's that's my take on the matter and the situation, but I really am curious. What do you think will happen this fall? Will we have college football? Will we have sports at all this year? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Cherry underscore pickin. Thank you for listening to those thoughts. I'm gonna take a quick break. On the other side of this break, we'll get into a few other topics, but don't go anywhere. Stay right there. I'll be right back.
0: What's up, college football fans? This is Casey Callan, aka Casey Kane. I just wanted to give a special shout out to Andre Cherry Pick and Cherry on his 100th episode. 100 episodes since the podcast began. We are clearly in a weird time in this world. We're hoping that some good change can come out of 2020. I know Andre dropped a powerful podcast for episode number 99. And if you haven't heard it, you definitely need to go back and check that one out. Andre makes the case that this is a time where maybe we should just all chill out and um, not let sports be that great distraction that it has come to be. And maybe we need to take... Uh, As an entire society, a look at ourselves and have difficult conversations about race relations, certainly in America and in this country. Andre makes that argument and it's tough to argue back with it. Um, I'm really curious to see what Andre's opinion is on the NBA coming back. So maybe he'll address that on today's episode or a future podcast, because there was some talk with Kyrie Irving and some people in Around Kyrie Irving, we're definitely saying that returning to the NBA could take away from some of the Black Lives Matter movement. So that's really an interesting argument that Andre already kind of mentioned in episode number 99. So I definitely encourage everyone to check out number 99 if you haven't. But Andre, I just do wanted to hop on the mic real briefly and give you a shout out and congratulations on episode 100. We've talked so many good conversations about college football in the past. You know that I'm a diehard West Virginia Mountaineer through and through. And, you know, I don't know if the season's going to be played this year, but sometimes there are things that are more important in the sports point blank, you know, and we have to acknowledge that and we'll see we'll see what happens but um you know at some point and someday sports will be ready to be back college football will be ready to be back and um you know until that day comes we will see but again i just wanted to jump on the mic and give my man andre cherry a shout out i hope you're staying safe and i hope you're doing well in philly i miss you brother and we will definitely chat soon whether it's over zoom whether it's on a phone call or whatever we'll ch- we'll chat soon and we'll put it out there on the pod but uh, I can't wait to see you in person man this is so special to be able to see people in person and you know make that human connection and, and some of our best podcasts for sure have been when we are face to face but again congrats Andre on episode number 100
1: hey everybody thank you for coming back to the show that voice you just heard was my good friend Casey Kane he has been a valued contributor to this podcast, uh, in, during the entire run of the cherry picking podcast. So thank you, Casey for, uh, for that sound clip. And thank you all for sticking with me. And thank you for listening to the show. Even though we don't have college football, I put out some interesting podcasts. You can find them on my site, cherrypickingsports.com. And hopefully we'll have sports at some point in the near future. When that'll be, nobody knows. Nobody truly knows. And if they they're telling you a date. They're lying to you. <laughs> but uh, real quick here, I just wanted to get into some other topics. Uh, so by now, you all probably have followed the controversy around Mike Gundy, the college football coach at Oklahoma State, and that OAN shirt that he was wearing. He was fishing with his son, his sons on Lake Texoma, uh, I think on June 15th, and it went viral, and Chuba Hubbard, Mike Gundy's all-star running back, the dude was a beast last year. I think he led all rushers in uh, rushing yards. Um, He he tweeted out, I will not stand for this. This is completely insensitive to everything going on in society, and it's unacceptable. I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change. And change was in all caps. And so uh, OAN, I I believe, is a far-right news agency. And they've had a very um, controversial stance in the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I I think Chuba was just saying he was very disappointed. I mean, he he was disappointed in his, his head football coach, Mike Gundy. The same man that said, you know, come at me, I'm a man, I'm 40. He's now 52 years old. He's 52 years old. He was wearing an OAN shirt with his sons and... You know, you you can do whatever you want to do. Everybody had, you know, you have the free will and the free right to do what you want to do, wear what you want to wear. But Mike Gundy is in a position of power and authority. He has a very, a very high position at Oklahoma State. He makes millions of dollars per year. This dude should have known better. It's not the fact that he wore the shirt. Um, and, and, you know, like I don't want. I don't want to get it, get it confused or get it twisted. You you know, everyone has free will to do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. There are consequences to your actions. There was consequences to the fact that he wore this out in public and took a shirt, uh, took a picture of this and it went viral. And Mike Gundy came out with a response saying, you know, he didn't really know that they had that view against Black Lives Matter and what. you know, that could be the case. I don't Personally, believe him. I, I don't believe that you wear that shirt unless you are a a, a fan or a supporter of that network or whatever the case may be. I mean, you could be a fan of CNN. I don't see people wearing CNN shirts out. I don't see people wearing MSNBC shirts out. So the fact that he wore an OAN shirt outside in public makes me believe that maybe he's a, a, a more of a strong supporter than people want to believe. And I, I, I just think that it's unfair for people to go after players, especially in this case. Chuba Hubbard is a student athlete. He's a young man. He's a kid. And the fact that people are going after him as opposed to their head coach, Mike Gundy, who's 52 years old, he's a man. He's 52 years old. It just it shows you everything that's wrong right now in this society that you could be mad at Chuba Hubbard for taking that stance. And I saw a lot of people that were for Chuba, that were in his corner when he made that tweet. A lot of his teammates said they stand with him, which is awesome to see. You want to see your your teammates stand up for you and, and fight for you. And, and so I really thought this was going to be the start of a movement, a legitimate movement. I thought these players were going to sit out for a little while. Uh, I think a few hours later, there was a tweet that came out from Chuba and Mike Gundy, that change is coming, and so Mike Gundy, you know, very quickly, you know, came out and apologized for the shirt. And actually, I don't. Actually, he took some heat because he didn't apologize. I'm sorry, but he came out, and uh, they did. Uh, they released a joint video together, um, saying that change is coming. They do a handshake at the end, uh, a bro shake, and so I hope that that that, that tweet got the real support and and led to real change within that program. I'm sure it doesn't just... I'm sure it's not... I'm sure the problems at Oklahoma State aren't exclusive to Oklahoma State. You know, you've got these college football players, many of them white, most of them white males, are in position of power and authority over these young black men. and So we've even seen things at Iowa in regards to the culture there, in regards to... Black males not feeling like they can be uh, true to themselves. So they have to con- conform and confine themselves to a culture that isn't what they're used to. And so, I- I'm telling you, if you think it, this problem is just at Oklahoma State and Iowa, you would be very shocked to know that it's something that all across the country, programs all across the country, players... Having to confine to an identity that's not their own, and so Iowa—I know they let go of their strength and conditioning guy um, as a result of the things that have you know that came out of that program recently. I'm sure more can be done. It's a head start, I guess, or it's a start in the right direction for that program. But we are in a moment right now where change c- could be good. Change is needed in this country. Some of the things we're seeing socially and, and civically. We need that change in other parts of our lives. At where you work. At, you know, at the, in the NFL, even. You know, the Washington Washington Redskins. That name has been a, a symbol of hurt for for a lot of people for a long time. And Dan Snyder, I don't think he he has ever publicly come out and said that he's going to change it or consider changing the name. If anything, I've seen him say that he's going to stick with that name, that that's the team's name. And so it's very hurtful. There are things in this country that are very hurtful to people in, in certain communities, in the black community or in other ethnic communities that we just have allowed to go on for so long, but not anymore. People are upset. People are mad. People are hurt. And so if you don't think change is warranted right now, look at yourself in the mirror. There's change needed in college football. There's change needed in corporations, organizations. There's change needed in the police departments. Like There's change everywhere that is needed because we are at a a real important point in this country's history. And I just want to say that we come out of this on the right side of history. That's my hope. That's my belief and that's my prayer for this country, honestly. And so when you think about college football and college sports, in the grand scheme of things, we don't need them right now. There's so many things going on in this country, this pandemic, this civil unrest, that I don't want us to be distracted distracted, or lose sight of the ultimate goal of hopefully hopefully, changing and making this country better. I know it's going to take time. It's going to take steps. But you can't be reluctant to make that first step. You got to try. And so if Mike Gundy is being genuine with his comments that came out last week uh, with Chuba in regards to changing and to changing that program, all the power to him. I hope that you know he's being truthful. I hope the program realizes the opportunity that it has here. Um, I think I saw something about the name of one of the buildings on campus is going to uh, change because I think uh, whoever it, it was named after was, um, on the wrong side of history. Same with the, the gator chomp at Florida. They're going to stop doing that, um, or doing a, a celebration at Florida that has racial ties to it. So it, it's cool to see these programs and some of these organizations come out and stomp out racism. Um, more needs to be done. Certainly. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to listen and willing to work with my brothers and sisters who don't look like me to make this country better. And so I just don't want us to lose sight of the ultimate goal by having college football and college sports and pro sports come back right now because I think for a lot of people, they use it as escapism. They're trying to get away from things. Like stick to stick to sports is usually what you hear from uh, radio uh, radio hosts who have opinions on other things outside of just sports, people want to hear just sports. They don't want to. They don't want any politics involved with their sports. Well, the the sad thing is, if you feel that way, I think you are in the wrong because politics is in everything. It's in everything. Kaepernick kneeling, your view on the flag. Like there, there is so much intertwined with sports that it's for you to say something to to the fact that you should stick to sports is just uh, ignorant. It it really is. And so I really wish this podcast would have been something more fun, would have been something more light, but I felt like we had to talk through some of those topics to hopefully get us to a spot in the near future where we'll have sports again and that we are in a better place than we are right now. That's just my opinion. Of course, you know, I'm not trying to... Um, I'm not trying to lose any followers or lose any listeners, but if you do, see ya. If you know, if you, if you don't feel me on this, see ya, because I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to try to keep putting out content and producing, producing topics that I and I want to talk about and want to speak to you about. And hopefully we have a, a dialogue. Hopefully we can engage in dialogue together, but I just have to be real to myself. And this is how I was feeling. And these are my thoughts. And so if you listened all the way through, I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. Thank you for the download. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being a friend. And I hope to talk to you in the near future. And who knows, maybe we'll have sports at some point next year. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't really know when I'd feel comfortable with sports coming back. But we'll, we'll figure it out together. I mean, every day you got to move forward. So every day we're getting closer to that goal. But with that said, I want to say thank you for listening to this show. It was episode 100. Thank you. And I hope to talk to you in the near future. But with that, I'm going to sign off, sign out, talk to you soon. Take care. (laughs) Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode... Please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickinsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickingsports@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.